Welcome to this special broadcast episode of the Killingworth Roundabout Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Nunez. I'm happy and excited to report that more and more town residents have been attending Board of Selectmen meetings and actively participating in public comment. Thus, we wanted to amplify our reach and bring you BOS meetings via this platform. Do you have kids who play sports in Killingworth? Then you need to listen to this episode. A lively debate is currently underway about what sports fields are needed in town. Baseball fields, multi-purpose fields, rugby, pickleball. Hear from Parks and Rec and concerned parents in town as they share their thoughts openly and honestly. There were so many people who wished to speak that our first selectman Nancy Gorski added a second public comment to the agenda. So, a baseball field, a multi-purpose field, this will come down to town vote, folks. Stay informed and get in the know, so listen now. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Killingworth GOP. organizations, including events thrown by both political town committees. I believe that's the interest at heart. That being said, I am very dismayed and more than a bit about you via video. As you are aware, I am married to Richard Plinus, who guarantee every one of them will give him a rousing endorsement. Understand that this is not about reversing your decision. Richard's not looking for that. Neither am I. Believe me. However, the very least, you owe Richard at this point is a thank you for his service. The right thing to do would be a very public apology for your utter disrespect. Kellyworth is a small town with a population of approximately 6,000 people. It's everyone's best interest, not just the interests of those who you have aligning political or social views. Your salaries, regardless of size, are paid with taxpayer dollars, taxpayer dollars from every resident. Kellyworth functions well and is a wonderful place to live, raise children, or operate a small business. And much of this is due to the hard work and efforts of its residents, whether they hold elected positions, volunteer their time to serve on numerous committees, or commit their time, money, and talent to the many different organizations or groups that operate here in town. I'm almost done. Why on earth would anyone choose to volunteer their time and talent, paid or unpaid, only to subject themselves to a screaming and condescending selectment? Why would they choose to volunteer their time and talent to potentially be accused of holding the town hostage? This unacceptable behavior will truly be the downfall of volunteerism in this small town. Ms. Young, you are an attorney. You take every opportunity to remind us during these meetings, and as such, you are fully aware of the import of the rule of law and the, the screaming, interrupting, and 
the whole point of August the other night. I would like to remind Ms. Young that you were not elected to be first selectman, nor are you the chair of these meetings. If you are unhappy with the way a meeting is going, I would respectfully suggest that you defer to the chairperson to manage the situation, in this case, Ms. Gorski. And if you are not able to do that, then I posit that you are not fit to hold the position and would ask that you respectfully resign. The inconsistencies and hypocrisies of the meeting last week and the subsequent hiring of a building official who has the that were expressed as quote-unquote reasons for not appointing Richard is unacceptable. You can't question whether a resume is submitted for one candidate and then appoint another before his resume is on file, which you did. You cannot question the ability of someone having a similar full-time position in another town and turn around and appoint someone who is in the exact same situation. You did that too. You cannot tell one taxpayer you may not agree with that they cannot speak during a meeting and turn around and allow others you agree with to do so. Please remember that actions speak much louder than words. You can claim that your behavior and decisions are procedural, not personal or political, but your continued questionable actions have made it clear that the personal and political does indeed play a deciding role. It is no longer okay to play the, to practice the revenge politics that have been occurring over the past year and a half. Cut it out, do your jobs, do what is right for the town, not right for your political party or your town committee because their leadership might have been unhappy with the way they perceived they were treated. We don't operate in the past and our issues aren't solved in the past. Stop assuming that because you sit in those chairs that we aren't paying attention. Have enough respect to actively listen to what the taxpayers are saying when they talk. Put down the packets you should have read before you walk in the door. Compose yourselves and have the respect not to make faces while those taxpayers are expressing their concerns. Understand that you do not know everything, and when an expert is sharing their hard-earned knowledge with you, have the respect to sit quietly and actively listen to what they have to say. If you're unwilling to look at a form of government that puts a professional manager at the helm of what should, in all honesty, be run like a business, then prove to the taxpayers that the form of government that we currently exist under still is relevant and applicable by fulfilling your jobs as servants of the public. Take a lesson from Richard. For this, I insist you do better. Thank you. Anyone else for public comment? I'd just like to summarize just one little point. I think that um, as residents of this town, we are. For the record, Eileen Blewett. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, just an explanation or further explanation as to why our Board of Selectmen chose to knowingly vote to put a plan in place that did violate the state statute and potentially put Mr. Plinus's. Uh, license in jeopardy. Obviously, he chose not to do that, but the, the whole idea that you would vote on that, again, knowingly, because it was discussed that obviously in the past that had been done, but I think, again, that was a pretty big deal to put a plan in place or a potential plan in place that you knew went against the statute. Thank you. Anyone else? I'd like to, but I don't want to follow this up with something. <laughs> I feel like you just want to take a moment to pause. I, 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 please follow it up. Sorry. Let's lighten up the mood. This, this, is, this, is, this is, we need to get business done. Go so, ahead. Jen, Jen, uh, Jen Pavalora, uh, for the record. Uh, hi, my name is Jen Pavalora. I'm with Adam Killingworth Youth and Family Services. I just wanted to um, come here and introduce myself as the interim executive director. I understood that you guys were speaking about Youth Family Services last meeting, and I wanted to 
um, clear up a little bit about how we are actually having our coalition meetings right now. And we actually had one earlier today, just came from there. Um, we are, our mission is really about the youth and their families in our communities, both Haddam and Killingworth. And, and we work with and um, while I'm in a room full of volunteers looking to, to <laughs> we only have two members from Killingworth on our board, we'd be happy to ask for any more help on our board while we're there. But um, just wanted to also mention, I got to speak with Nancy this past week, last week, about the opioid distribution settlement funds that have benefited um, Killingworth uh, and wanted to share some of the knowledge that I shared with Nancy, which was that in all the meetings that I I've been a part of recently, um, there is definitely a slow going to the work that needs to be done. The state advisory board was just um, formed. They are not meeting until March 15th. And as we know with the state, there's always reporting and mandates that we have to follow. And so I just urge with caution as we move forward. It, I appreciate the work to have stakeholders, every stakeholder involved in that work. But I just wanted to mention before all, all money is spent or donated that consideration is given to the fact that there will probably be requirements that happen and as of right now everybody i've talked to as part of those advisory committees has no idea what those are so it's all in the works as our state is probably one of the last and, and there's plenty more money coming to cbs and walgreens um settlements just happened as right. i mentioned to nancy and I just so signed that off and to do a entire plan comprehensive plan all together in stages might be in the best interest of Kenworth. Thanks, Jen. Anyone else want to speak? Uh, Bill Burley, um, resident of town. And I did watch the video of the last meeting and I didn't plan on doing this, but I agree with, with what uh, Eileen, what yes. Eileen said. Oh. I really, I really couldn't believe what I was listening to. And then later on in the meeting, you guys, actually went against something because there was, there wasn't a, there was a state statute not to do that, which I, I can't remember the, the specifics now, but I really couldn't believe it. I was, what I heard on somebody that was willing to do it. And I don't know everything, you know, I don't, I don't know why, you know, obviously I don't know why two out of the three were against it. At least it seemed like two out of three were against it. Um, there could have been some other things there that I don't know about, but what I heard, I, as a taxpayer, I couldn't believe it. I, I, you know, I hear, I've always heard these things about town meetings, but to actually witness it, I was kind of, uh, I was just put off a little bit. Thank you, Ben. Anybody else? All right. Um, with that, I'm going to move on. Um, approval of minutes. Are there any corrections to the February 13th, 2023 regular meeting minutes? Um, second to the last page under EKA ARPA request, uh, the third from the bottom line where it says any other requests that come to the town, whether it's town council or ARPA funds, I think you mean ARPA, ARPA. Oh, okay. I also want to clarify on page three, um, where it has motion, it starts with motion unanimous to pass 300. Um, it says, for Slicemen, Gorski advised Thomas Fogarty step down from 
his position with the River Club. Correct. Um, did he actually have a position? He did. So there are. He just to clarify, okay. And also, is is the title actually River Cod Regional Housing Committee? Is that what it is? It is, and okay. he's a member of that. And I'll explain later. Okay, thank you. Um, on page two, um, appointments. <coughs> Uh, motion number four down the bottom of the page says mm -hmm. Selectman and Nino inquired whether or not the town would be able to hire a building official who works in the same position in the neighboring town. That, that, I don't believe that's what I said. What I asked was Nino inquired whether or not the town could be supported by a building official who works a full-time position in a neighboring town. To be supported, okay. Anything else? That's it. All right. Um, do I have a motion to uh, approve the minutes as amended? I'll make that motion. I'll second. Okay. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Right. Are there any corrections to the February 22nd, 2023? A meeting of the board of selectmen. Okay, if not, the minutes are approved as presented. Moving on to refunds and abatements. I move to follow or I move to approve the following refunds and abatements, all for overpayment and allow them to follow their normal course. Do I have a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, moving on to appointments, uh, the Committee on Aging, uh, while we have received appointments from the KDDC, I do wish to table this to the next meeting when I have the uh, received additional appointments from the KRTSC as well, so we appoint everyone at the same time. Um, and then I move on to appoint John F. Mancini R. to the Open Space Committee. Um, John failed to He's sworn in, so he just needs to come back. Do I have a second? Second. Um, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, I also move to appoint David J. Cotillo, R, to the Open Space Committee, who also failed to get sworn in. Uh, do I have a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, and then moving on to the River Cod appointments, just so that everyone is aware. Um, the River Club coordinates several regional plans and committees. River Club bylaws state each municipality can appoint one representative and an alternate to these committees. Minority representation does not apply here. So this is just somebody from the town stepping up to do this work. Uh, as an example, uh, Alec Martin is currently serving as a member of the River Cod Plan of Conservation and Development and Stephanie Warren is an alternate. Um, we also, Jamie, you as well, are serving as a, a regional member of the water authority, or as our member for the regional water authority. Tom Hogarty was serving in that capacity on the housing, or the alternative housing plan. When I reached out to him, River Cog had asked me whether or not he was going to re-up this year. I reached out to him and he respectfully declined. 
So that's where that's good. Um, I do have um, somebody who is interested and who has experience, Richard Finus, has uh, not only has he had experience with working with housing in Clinton, he has agreed to accept this appointment to the regional housing plan. So at this point, I would like to move to appoint Richard R. Pinus, the second to the River Cove Regional Housing Plan. Do I have a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, budget season. Um, actually, Jen, you'll be invited very soon once I buttoned up some of our opening um but i didn't have any questions on the budget did either of you no. all right uh, i'm going to move on to new business town hall emergency repairs so lou i know you've seen this and i don't think jamie has um for those of you in the room just look up um, <laughs> several weeks ago when we had a lot of rain those two back panels, we walked in here in the morning and there was a puddle of water and water all over the seats. Um, this roof, this is a flat roof. This is a 1999 modular and, and this roof is failing. Uh, we also have water damage towards the front of the building by the tax collector's office. And we also have water damage in the town clerk's office by, by the vault. So there's significant roof work that needs to happen uh, if you add up everything that's in here we're looking at a total of seventy five thousand dollars to repair everything now i know we talked about this as potentially being an emergency but at this point i'm of the opinion we need to follow a normal process in other words we need to go to rfp we need to understand you know we've got to work this through I need to go to Board of Finance and ask them to recommend where this money could come from and then we need to go to town meeting to have it approved I mean yes we're gonna have to keep our, our our thumb in the dam to keep the water from pouring in but it's got to follow normal. it's got to get done this year folks I'm just letting you know it's got to get done this year it's just a matter of we need to go through process and learn to make it Yes, yeah. yeah. it was in the 70s. Um, the total one here is 498. No, no, but you've had a whole of these. So there's the tax collector roof replacement, which is over there, is 55,600. And this is for $29,800. Yeah. I, I would add that it's, 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 I think we need to do a more comprehensive job because there's also the ancient. HVAC systems that serve this part of the building as well. So I, I, I agree with you, Nancy. I think we should spend a little more time, package this, probably put this into our, our capital plan for next year and, and, and approach it that way. I, I, I won't beat this one to death because we talked about it at the last meeting, but this is really the, the sort of a, a different approach to maintaining the assets of, of the town that we haven't been real crisp at doing in the past. You know, we, we, we've let things run till they break, which is what we're experiencing here for certain. And at least this this Board of Selectmen is trying to be much more uh, aggressive in terms of addressing things that are broken and getting them fixed while they're still at the affordable um, stage. Certainly this, which likely when it's all done, is probably going to be close to $200,000. But 
that's a lot less than having to put in, uh, you know, a four million dollar extension <coughs> on town hall if we're able to do, you know, a life extension by making that investment. A decision didn't make yet. That will be your decision to make at a town meeting. But it is the direction that I think is a better approach. No, thanks, Lou. Jamie, anything else? Um, I'm going to move on to stakeholders for the opioid issue plan development, as Jen spoke to. Um, so we did receive an email from Journey Home Recovery Living uh, after we met with them the last time, and they're looking to meet to develop an intervention prevention plan um, that will meaningfully address the town, um, well, the concerns our town is facing. Their goal is to develop an engaging program outreach and services that meet expectations and is sustainable once the initial development implementation is is executed and sustainable is the, is the key and we also have to have measurable results as a result of that it's critical we have they're looking for buy-in from key stakeholders so we urge you to invite to the planning meeting those who are the influencer influencers and decision makers I know we had before um, Kathy Zandy from our Board of Ed rep. She had recommended that we have holders. If uh, Jamie, if you have any other stakeholders you feel are important, let me know, mm -hmm. and I'll make I'll make the arrangements to have that meeting. So that's where we're at. Um, through town event. So through town event. Oh, can I have a motion to approve the two thousand? Okay. Jamie approved or motioned. And I'll second. And Lou seconded. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All right. Um, moving on to old business. The KDFC list of full active members in good standing. Um, so included here is not only the letter from the KDFC, uh, but also a list of requirements that allows an individual to be uh, full active members in good standing. Uh, I move to approve this list. So it was tabled, so I don't think you need to move it. You need oh, to pick it up from the table. Pick it up from the table. Thank you. So at this point, can we still approve it? How does yeah, that work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, I move to approve the KBFC list of full active members in good standing. Uh, All right. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. All right. Eric Who wants to talk about it? Not really. <laughs> We've been talking about what we need to do it or what we had planned to do at Eric Howard Park. We had folks asking what we should be doing at Eric Howard Park. So uh, I yield the floor to you to give us an update. Basically, the last meeting was the question of like how we came to, I believe, the conclusion we came to what we thought we needed. Basically, we looked at the number of fields available for the kids in the different towns. We looked at the number of kids in the user groups and how many kids using the multi-purpose fields. That causes a lot of overcrowding, there's over-practicing, um, and we have total of seven fields available in the two towns for those um, uh, almost 30 teams. Um, so looking at that, we do have um, uh, HKLL, there are around 400 users using the fields um, at that for the, that group. There are 14 fields roughly that they can use. Looking at building an all-purpose field for um, 
all-purpose, full-size hardball field. Um, there are very few teams in the HTL group that will be using that field. Again, we have basically one team to build a field for one team to maintain going forward for that one main team would be difficult from our standpoint as far as where we get the most use out of all the fields. So you're talking almost a third. Well, you have two thirds as many people using the all purpose fields as you do. Almost three times. Did you count the fields that are used in Haddam towards the four fields that are used by the HK soccer? You're only counting KRP? No. You're, seven, or the, and what about the middle school? Or seven the, fields. If you oh, you just said four. Sorry, that's why I just thought, I thought you said there were only four seven, fields that were being used by the 1100 kids. Seven. There's uh, four fields at KRP. Uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult for us to field the kids. I mean, but looking at what we have, that's why we came to it. It wasn't like we didn't think about it. Say, okay, but with it, okay, baseball field for a limited number of kids. We had to make it all for this field. We use it for football, cross, soccer. Everybody now there's a, I don't know if anybody saw the signs for rugby in the area. Mm -hmm. So, Jim, I want to make my, my thoughts clear that yep. this is this is not about soccer and it's not about baseball for me that's what our thoughts are too it's about process yeah and, and and what i'm concerned about is that there was there was an initial plan that was put forward years ago i think it goes back to 2016 where maybe maybe farther where a jack ahern field was taken out of sheldon yeah and a, and a plan was approved, and I believe I was a selectman at the time, and not I was on zoning, but it was approved at least with my vote, yeah. conditional that the, the next phase of the plan would be to replace that field. Yeah. Um, and then, and that was, that's actually been explicitly included in our plan of conservation and development. It, that's those changed. It's neither here nor there, but it, it was memorialized there. Yeah. It was memorialized in the grant application that went into a baseball field to be uh, to be at our part. We need to do to make sure that the taxpayers who ultimately make that decision get the opportunity to voice their opinion. And it may very well end up being a, a multi-purpose field. Um, I would not want to make it about money. I, I, because I, if it's about money, I'd like to know more about that so that maybe we can make sure that if it's if we don't have the funding to deliver on that. But I still think this is more about process than anything. So are you suggesting we go to um, back to town? We're going to have to go to town meeting. I don't know that we, we have, have any other choice. Yeah, we have to go to town meeting. The, the, from where I sit, the only other alternative is to continue with the original grant application, which, which was approved for a baseball field. If there's an issue related to money, let's talk about what that money is. But if we want, if we're going to change the plans, we're not the body that makes that decision, not this board of selectmen, and it's not park and rec, it's it's the taxpayers. And so we have an obligation to go back to town meeting and say, we've decided to change direction and, and the demographic information that you provided may rule the day, but that's where it's gotta go from, from, from where I sit. You know, and that's we actually good timing because we're going to have to have a town meeting to deal with a roof. So I move that uh, 
we send this to town meeting for What's review. The, what would the question be for town meeting? This or that, or how do you how do That's you a good phrase the question? As Park and Rec, can I say something? Yeah. Um, keep in mind, we were doing this as an all-purpose field, but it's being built with baseball in mind. So at any time when there's a need or or the money to do it, we just have to put an infield in. Well, you know, and I, that's true. But I think you're right, Jamie. What do we do for process? What do, What's the question that we ask? Do we ask, do we spend? Chris, I'm not working. I'm sorry, yeah. Let, this is a board of selectmen meeting. Let's figure out the process and then we'll, we'll go from there. How do we, what do we do? in terms of what do we present to the taxpayers? Do we present to the taxpayers that based on numbers, there's a change? So, so I just heard something that was very different than we heard at the last meeting, which is that this is an interim step. Can I, that, that he's can, on parking right. He's I'm on parking right. Hang on just one second. This is an interim step and that we have not lost sight of the baseball field. If that were to be a condition of moving this forward, I would be supportive of that as if it was a matter of record so that we don't lose what we've committed to. And then if we're able to raise the money to build that baseball field, then we do that. Well, we don't want to lose the $500,000. None, none of us do. Right. No, none of us right. do. So, none of so us do. And baseball has to be involved in that. But as Chris can, as Chris can attest, because he... Chris, Chris builds... <laughs> Chris builds fields for How other towns. How is involved if there's no baseball field? Hang on. So Chris, Chris Smalley on our park at Rack, he, he's a he's an excavator. He builds fields. That's why you. And we so he he can't build a baseball field for five hundred thousand dollars. How much? How much does it cost? Actually, so here, it'd be nice can, to know. Can I speak at some point or? Or um, Chris with Park and Rec. So when this budget was put together about 10 years ago to grab this grant. That's when Glenn and Eric Auer and these guys got together. It came up to 500,000. In 10 years, this has changed greatly of what this thing's gonna cost to make. The fence alone is somewhere around $200,000 to how the conceptual plan, now this is just a conceptual plan to put the baseball field on the, where Eric Auer is. We still have to go to engineering to get a bid design we have to get a well. We have to take this to do see if we can get the well to even work. We might have to put another well in. There's another forty or fifty thousand. This number could explode, and that's what when we looked at this, we said, like Bill said, we said, what can we build with the five hundred thousand that everybody in this town will not, and we don't have to go back for another two hundred or whatever it is. So we said, we asked Glenn who went to Roger Nomerga and said, can we get a conceptual plan for what we can think we can build for the 200,000? Minus a little bit of, minus a lot of fencing because fences go on through the roof right now and we weren't gonna put a field in. A, a, a baseball diamond as we speak right now. Mm -hmm. And if you remember in all these things, we have to relocate those stone walls, which is a humongous expense because that was part of Eric Auer's original and there's a stone wall that runs through this there's blasting there's under drains it's not like we're going to scrape the dirt off and put a baseball field in there is a lot of material that needs to move and if everybody knows everybody's had kids probably up at eric hour the four main fields are very dry because there's a major under drain system underneath that that's also going to have to be duplicated at the baseball or all-purpose field 
So when we went back and looked at the whole budget, we said, like Bill had spoken to and Jim and all of us have spoken to, what can we build for the money that we are going to get? And this is, we said, let's build a field there. Let's get it leveled. And if baseball says we have an enormous amount of people coming in and we have more than 16 kids that are going to need to play on this thing, that was based to us back when uh, about 20, uh, it was at one of our Selden Park meetings because it was during COVID. Ed Marola said there was about one team that was going to play on a large hardball field. That was back when it was KLL, so I don't know how much has changed during for HKLL. But for KLL, there was only one team. Then we looked at our budget constraints and we said, well, this is what we can maybe try and build with the money that we could get from this, from this grant. Never saying that we were never going to try and build more things and add to it over time as the town was able to get money. If we were able to get another grant, we could add more to it. But it was what we could get for that money at that time and what we thought we could perform. Yes, we've never gotten any bids because, like I just said before, we've got to send this out to a design group, which then they come up with a bid package, which most people, then we have to get bids on it. And this is probably a year out before we even start this thing. I mean, even if we grab the money, if Nancy signed it today, all we can do with that money is hire an engineering firm to start designing off conceptual plans. I'm sorry. No problem. Okay. This I'm is, uh, I just want everyone to understand, this is a Board of Selectmen's meeting. Sure. Um, we are having a conversation with Park and Rec because we are talking about the ballpark. So it's not to have your concerns as well, but we're here to listen to what Park and Rec has to say to us. So. So, so thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the background. I, I fully understand. Yeah, we're, we're not trying to, to, and I, to, I, I, to I want everybody to understand, we're not trying to get rid of anything to do with baseball fields. But, 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 that, but the, the problem remains for me that the application does not, it does not speak to a baseball field. I, I, could, I could see my way to moving this thing forward, and I think we should if we could say that this is a phased approach towards the baseball field and that we 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 proceed in that fashion because I've looked at all sets of plans there's nothing that's happening with the multi-purpose field that isn't reusable as a baseball field the only thing that's different is there's no backstop there's no skin and Chris um, what's the uh, son now uh, has signed it that it's big enough to put um, it was it's, it's essentially the original design. It just doesn't have the, the correct because yeah. we were trying to figure out where we could come in. We don't. Our biggest concerns is we don't know how much a well is going to cost. But but I I would still encourage us to move in the direction of the baseball field so that we can get the cost. I, let's not assume that we can't afford to do it. Let's let's put the plan together and we can always drop back. And put in the multi-purpose field and then preserve that opportunity for the next grant or the next fundraiser or for the next major league baseball player that comes from Kellymore. Yeah, and that's what we always and that's was our can, yeah that that was always our discussion at the krp meetings i mean so, glenn has always tried to say this is a hardball field but under what we figure we can build with our budget this is what we can get but so, it's not in the plan, right? So it's, it's not in the, it's the, not plan. In the current yeah, so application. It That's, needs to be a prioritized plan. It, it, 
I'm reading you right. So you list out all the things that you need for a small field and or check off what you also need for a multi-purpose field and recognize what we have funding for and what we don't have funding for and move forward with the application what we can get done but know that there's going to be a plan to move forward in the future. And if those things are itemized and there's dollar amounts put put next to them or itemized, we heard at a prior meeting from a lot of the baseball folks, the little league folks, that there's a willingness for fundraising and outreach that they don't just need to get to the table and know how much to raise. And so I think that helps us with the second phase if we can just get the itemization down. So it feels like we're close, right? It would have to go to, so it could start at, it would go back as the first conceptual drawings that we have of KRP. Be something like that. So that would be our design that we would go after. Yep. Something of that would be sent out back to either the design engineer up in Rocky Hill that originally designed and then there would be bid, you know, bid specs. Yep. So what do we have to do to update the application so that you can sign it and you can move forward? I, I think it goes forward just how it is. The only it's everything is on it. It just doesn't say. I think the narrative has the narrative has to reflect that it's going to be a baseball field, and that and that um, the approach will be to to do an initial phase with the grant funding that we have. It doesn't have to be that descript, but we'll move forward, and then as we're able to raise additional funds, we will proceed with the finishing pieces towards a baseball field. That that to me would be that to me would meet the spirit of what we presented to the town and would reserve that you know that possibility in the future. And then if if in the future you come back and say, listen, we, we've looked at this and it really doesn't make sense to put a baseball field in, that can go right to the town and the town can say yes or no. Then, then we go back to a, a town meeting. Yeah, but but, just, but but I think we just don't want to lose the five hundred thousand to get something nobody out. Does. Nobody does, you know. We don't want to lose the five hundred thousand. But what we also don't, what we're hearkening for too is obviously the taxpayers here are paid to maintain this next year and every year after that. We want to make sure that as taxpayer, I don't want to pay for things that are not advantageous to the general population of the mm -hmm. town, and that's part of the things that we want to also be cognizant of as far as how do we. Look at going forward. What makes the most sense? What gets the most used by? Because we could do a lot of things in the town to support a lot of organizations. We can pick a ball, show their interest a few times, and we recognize all of your efforts to be good stewards. And all the other requests that come out come to the emails that we do the bar dog park. Can we do? I can go on and on, but just we want to make sure that we think of what's the. Uh, and this funds and the space. We can do a lot of things. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but that's yeah. why we go to town meeting once a year with our capital plan, and and we present those things. Yeah. And and that's why I don't I don't think we can just shift. If, if we can take your plan and put it into some phased approach that has a trajectory to the to to towards a baseball field. Yeah. You can continue. You can do your design work, and then you can you can have it bid. We should know what that number is. Yeah. And then you can decide okay if we can't afford this we can trim it back to this point but then at least we've got yeah, the information sure. that we need yeah, and then we have the, the benefit of time to revisit whether it needs to be a baseball field or whether it needs to be an all-purpose field and 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 it can go back through the normal process of approval to do that my concern was i have to talk to 
Can we from the state to see how we do that? And have to figure that out with her. Yeah, I know Elizabeth did reach out to her and did speak with her to make okay. sure that she was aware that we're still <laughs> actively pursuing yeah. this. So it's just a matter of how we work this second phase into the application. Do we have a deadline that we're working? On? Not right now. Because okay. we also want to be concerned that it doesn't come out like. Like Sheldon, where there's no dugout, the dugouts aren't finished. Mm. You know, everybody's talking about, well, we just raised more money for this new baseball field. Well, we can't even get money to put a roof over the dugouts. So, well, right. we'll down down first. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, is there any? I, I thought that we were invited to this meeting actually yeah, most, to participate, it's, but no, it's it, not about participatory. Okay. Unfortunately, it's where can we speak? Is there a time that yeah, we have to wait for a town meeting, public town meeting, to, in public order to town voice meeting, our meeting? Or you can certainly reach out to us and provide us with your feedback. Didn't we have this conversation like two weeks ago? Everyone was. I thought that you invited. Actually, I did think I genuinely thought that you invited us this meeting to participate in the meeting. Um, and I know you've asked, and so again, these are selectmen's meetings, and they're. This is not, you know, it's a public meeting, yes, but it's our doing business. Mm -hmm. and here we did have Park and Rock giving us feedback. This isn't something where we can get all of your input, and you know, it's not an interactive session, unfortunately. Um, I think and it was I'm... my bad, because we did let you speak quite a bit last time. Uh, but I do need to take control over these meetings. I do need to, I want to hear what you have to say. I know you want to be a voting member. I, you, you know, you talked about that. Um, you know, folks need to get to the level of being on park and rec before you're a voting member. Uh, oh, I just am trying to understand the process. <laughs> it's, but, it's quite the process, but, sure. but it has, it is very structured. So, Certainly, all of you can email. Code. You can amend your agenda to have public comment added at the end, added at the end if you would like. I, I could. Absolutely. And, and given the people that are here, it would probably be good for it. I could do that. I, could oh, I, I would have actually spoken at the beginning had I known that we weren't going to have a, more of a, 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 a procedurally. A, I can do that. Okay, great. Thank you. I'm new to this, so okay. appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. So, um, are you going to add public code comments? Can I go, go on with the agenda first? Thank you. Um, I will, um, I'm going to do quickly an ARPA policy update. I wasn't prepared to move on the motion um, that for the policy that I received from Selectman Anita, uh, but I am now. I reviewed it. I made sure uh, Gina and I went through it to make sure uh, it fits within her process. We may need to tweak the form or two as we go forward, but I think we're okay. So I move to approve the ARPA again, policy. Again, on, the motion's been made and seconded, oh, yeah. so, so I think we can pick it up from the table and vote. All those in favor say aye. 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 Um, quickly, I'm going to move on to a PFAS update. Um, so our insurance barrier, I know you asked questions, our insurance barrier no longer covers environmental claims. So Canton was the last town to receive insurance monies for their PFAS contamination, uh, and Kermison's dropped that, um, that addendum. Uh, Gina and I are speaking with a Joshua Klein, who is a coverage specialist with a firm called Glatt Filter Claims Management. He had reached out to Kathy at the beginning of all of this in August of 2021. Uh, more to follow. I'm going to talk to him next week. Um, 
also, I will say the PFAS town hall was successful, and that was pretty remarkable. Um, I am working with DPH on an investigation into whether the salt shed is leaching into a nearby residential well. In the meantime, though, we have another opportunity to apply for a drinking water state revolving fund, and my plan is to submit one for sodium remediation, which seems to make sense in light of where we're at. Nancy, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a little more clarification on, on the history of our insurance claims. And, and what, where, where I'm going with this, we've heard very little about our insurance, so I would like to, to get more of that back on what really took place. Because, you know, it, 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 it sort of feels, you know, like we've got these insurance policies in place, one for the fire department, one for the town, that are for precisely these reasons. And for our insurance carriers to, to put a little pressure on them so that if, in fact, they don't want to cover this or won't cover this or whatever, then at least they can get in the boat with us to, to start advocating for more help from the state or the feds on this rather than... I know Gina has reached out to him, and, or out to Kerma, and the answer was is no. Kerma, Kerma is the fire department? Uh, it's ours. I don't know if the fire department is I think we have two different policies. Perma sort of strikes me as the one that could potentially cover the the uh, sodium chloride problem. The fire department, I would think, would be the PFAS. And I emphasize this isn't about playing blankly. This this nothing was done wrong. This to me strikes me as exactly why you have insurance policies. And Gina didn't respond today, so let me follow up with right. her because right. she does own that relationship with the insurance. Company. And again, if, if if it doesn't go this way, at least let's get them standing with us shoulder to shoulder when we try and advocate for more resources from other than our tax dollars. Yeah, and I got to follow up. Like I said, I don't know where Kathy stood with this Black Filter Claims Management Company. So. All right. All right. Now we are at the end of new business. So now I will entertain a motion to add public comment. I'll make the motion. I'll second. All right. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All right. Public comment is back open. May I just quickly say um, thank you, everyone, for being so interested in this topic and for the Parks and Rec for always doing such oh, yes. a great job. Yes. Put, uh, name, please. Oh, I'm Lauren Pearly. Not oh. Pearly, Pearly. <laughs> this is my husband, Eric Pearly. Um, and I'd like to say we do represent the baseball community um, in town, but also we have lots of other children who play on those multi-purpose fields too. Um, so like, like we said a couple of other times, this isn't about baseball is better than or more important than or that soccer or lacrosse or whatever. My kids played lacrosse, soccer, all the things. We love all those sports. We love sports. Um, so it's not really about that. Um, I would like to note and clarify that we as the Little League were not actually even asked for our registration numbers or our field use information until very recently after we had actually inquired about the grant funds. Um, so I actually don't really think that that was necessarily taken into account. Those figures weren't necessarily taken into account when some of these decisions were happening, or at least we weren't included in, in that conversation. In it's in our meeting minutes when we were at Sheldon Field from KLL from KLL but that was like 2019 2020 right so it's I mean this, we, and recently when, when you when it's, it's been when talked about first it's when this grant first got issued to us sure so and recently look, when with the monies are ready to be just 
you know, we're ready to like start receiving the funds. We weren't included in the conversation. We weren't talked to. We didn't get an opportunity to actually provide those figures. So I just wanted to clarify that one point. And also, I'd like to stay to say that the there's an excellent justification for this field, for this big field, in the grant. And it's a multi-page, uh, well-written grant um, that someone else wrote um, that talks a lot about why we need uh, a full-size baseball diamond in town and who it would serve. And in fact, partitioning those very letters in support of a baseball diamond. I just wanted to make one team that that would potentially serve. It serves way more and funded. Um, so I just wanted to make a couple of points. Thanks. What do you mean by funded? I mean the that the, the, oh, the grant was grant the grants oh, were like approved. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Can I just speak a little bit to that? I appreciate you you sharing that. Um, but I, I I think from what I've heard now within this room with the clarification that we got about where we are and why, I think we're all pulling on the same end of the rope. Okay. I think we're pulling up in the direction of the original grant, recognizing that we may um, we may not have the funds to build that field and we're going to get that sorted out through the process. And that that will also afford us the time to regenerate this dialogue to make sure that we've got the right number so that when we go back for the second piece of this funding that's needed, whatever it is, it can be better informed if, in fact, it wasn't. And I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it was. I just think we've created the space for us to work that out. Okay. I think. Do we yeah, yeah, I agree with that? And everybody, yeah, please pass that around. I need to, as this is a public meeting, I need to make sure I know everybody who's in this room. Um, I think it's moving through. Did you have any comments? Uh, yes, uh, Jason Waterbury. I'm actually not a Kellenwick resident, but I am the last president of Haddam Little League, and I am the first president of HK Little League. Um, Admiral and I worked together to merge HK Little League. We were the last sport to be, to be merged. Um, the whole reason behind that was just because these kids are competing against each other and then competing with each other everywhere else. Um, we weren't losing player numbers. We were actually losing volunteer numbers. That was one of the other main drivers. Um, the Killingworth Youth League. Um, Ed, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you you were you had about half your board going, including no one really wants to step up. So that was really the main driver for the two coming together. Uh, I think Little League's perspective would be that we just want to be at, have a seat at the table when these discussions are happening. Um, speaking professionally about just how municipal construction works. There's a lot of options. Um, as a municipal engineer, uh, my recommendation would be to design the whole thing. If you have concerns about being able to, be a, to afford a baseball field versus a multi-purpose field, there's nothing against putting in bid alternates and that way you at least get what it costs. HK or Adam hasn't done it before, but we haven't had a reason to do it before. Um, so I just, like I said, we want to be part of the conversation. We feel like we were really part of the conversation when the team was supposedly made to go to this multi-purpose field. Thank you. I would just say this is part of the conversation at the park and rec. Oh, yeah. yep. And that's and that's our biggest thing is just come to the meetings. We'll have a discussion with yeah. you. I mean, and, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but when this thing was originally started, Ed was at our meetings. And and with that, and that's the only information we have. So that then we derive a plan from the information we have and the funding we have. It's like a you know, and, and we're, and also in our meetings, understand, we're trying to also take care of Sheldon Fields that are 
have we're having a hard time maintaining all our fields as it is with the budget constrictions that we have in Killingworth, you know, to keep Sheldon. Rocco is that we don't have a hard time maintaining soccer and football and lacrosse and every other field also. But we we have to also look as a town that we're taking on another major expense keep in our park and rec budget that Killingworth is taking a big burden on. Killingworth, might I add, is taking a big burden on to have another hardball field put in. Can I just write this is public comment, so it really shouldn't be a back and forth. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, you're fine to stop, but this end shouldn't be talking because it's public comment. Public comment. Sorry, <laughs> that was my public comment. <laughs> Hi, I'm Laura Lefko. I'm a Killingworth resident, and I am not anti-baseball. Let me just say that I was on the board of one of the biggest baseball leagues in the southeast, Oklahoma Baseball in Palm Beach County. Was on that board for years and years. But I have just what you said. Um, I don't know your name. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris. When we when we ran that league, we ran it on county property. We dragged our own fields. We mowed our own fields. We lined our own fields. Does Parks and Rec do that? For no, HA does it. So then the upkeep is. Oh, cutting the grass. Just cutting the drainage, the well pump. That's really okay. Because we cut our own fields too. So that being said, I was looking through the minutes, can't find it. I know in August, right after the 9th of August, when this grant was awarded, 2019, I was at a selectman's meeting, either it was either virtual or in person. Kathy Eno mentioned, our former first selectman mentioned that we had received the $500,000 grant. And she said at the time, but since so much time has elapsed, that money is no longer sufficient. And we were, I was worried, I mentioned it to Nancy several times when she took office, that that money would just go by the wayside. And we talked about trying to, you know, is there an alternative use for this money because we don't want to just lose the money, right? And in Killingworth, we are notorious for voting big expenses down. And that's part of what I worry about. I never knew that there were grants. I wish I had known back then. I don't think we ever knew that there were grants from Little League or Babe Ruth. But I just want to prepare you that this goes to town meeting. The voters may very well vote it down, number one. And number two, we're all expecting a very big budget increase from the school board and at least five to seven percent from the town. We don't know yet, but close to five. Close to five. And a very big increase from the school board. We've got $1.7 million increase built in before anything happens. So just keep that in mind that we are all looking at a very a good sized tax increase this year before anything else happens. So my, my position as a member of the public is do what you can, prepare for the future, and do and then if you can afford to build later, certainly do that. But I just want to bring that up, that that was said in August of 2019. It was made very clear. I think it was yesterday. Sorry, I broke my own rule. Anybody else, public comment? Uh, my name is Ed Marola. Uh, Chris has mentioned my name a few times. I was the former president of the Killingworth Youth League, vice president, information officer. So I did attend a few meetings, as you mentioned, and when I was in attendance, I was told flat out, there's just not enough money, as Chris has stated. I've asked for numbers, I've asked for bid. That's all I want to see. I want to see actual numbers, not by the people on Park and Rec saying that this is what I do. Not to discredit Chris, I, he's an amazing guy, and I know he knows what he's doing, and, but we should be going out and getting bids and presenting that information. So actually, I have numbers. There's a lot of discrepancies in this PowerPoint presentation stating why as Jason mentioned, Killingworth and Haddam got together. It clearly says, says in here, it's because the numbers are down. That's not why. I mean, I was at the District 9 meeting when 
the District 9 president said, you guys should join forces so you're more competitive for All-Stars. Um, and as Jason mentioned, you know, volunteers. So it, it didn't have to do with dwindling numbers. All other sports are HK. We wanted to join. We had bad blood for whatever, over stupid things year after year. Jason called me up when he got in. I said, let's do this, finally. The schools have been regionalized for over 30 years. This all had to be written and submitted to District 9, and they approved it. So, you know, when you're not getting the information that you're asking for, and you're going to these meetings, and quite honestly, you know, I, I reached out. I said, at this time, you know, there was uh, COVID and virtual, and the meetings are bouncing all around the place. It, you know, can you just tell me when, when the meeting's going to be? It was constantly changing. I was, felt like I was chasing this meeting. And then when I finally get there, you know, answer my questions, too. I have questions. Where are these numbers coming from? You just said we can't afford it. That's, that's what I was told. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> you know, uh, I've constantly said, you know, I run the Shoreline Breakers now, which started out in Killingworth with primarily Killingworth kids, had them kids. It's expensive. I appreciate all the efforts that Park and Rec has uh, done for the, for the town and allowing us to continue to use these fields as our numbers grow. Um, and we want to give back as an organization, too. And I've said, you know, you're telling me we're over budget. We need money. Tell me what we can do. I'm, I'm there putting money into the fields. I work with the uh, Regional School District 17, access to their fields, working with them. So we'd like to build a partnership and have better communication. And, you know, I think a lot of us will be going to these meetings here on out. And hopefully we can, you know, form a bond here and, and work together. As a, Right now, I mean, I know you said let's not make it about sports, let's not make it about money, but it's all of these things, right? As far as, as, far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, Park and Rack is made up of all men. Are there any women on the board? Yes. Yes. Okay. Any here? One, right? Okay. Is there anybody representing baseball or softball? I mean, I know we're supposed to go and, and attend, but is there anybody on the board? No has volunteered for baseball, no. Now, okay. keep, now keep in we need to get on there for baseball. Now, keep in mind who who recommends those yeah, I don't. People, that's the board of select. Yeah, okay. This is not a park and rec meeting. This no, I understand. Yeah. I just. We'll be, there. we'll be there next week. We'll see. We can. Yeah. When it's next week, right? Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. We'll be there. And, uh, Information's on the website. Yeah. Okay. So it's always there. So it doesn't move. It's always, it's always, always, it's always the town It's always the second town calendar. It is now. I mean, I, there was a time when when I was coming that it was hard to find. It's always the calendar. It's always the second Monday of the month. And you know why I know that? Because it's always our selection mm -hmm. meeting as well. Right. But with COVID, the locations were changing, and sometimes it was strictly virtual. And but it's always posted on the website. The website has location and is virtual. Has I did call Jim when you when you gave me that information. He told me the position had already been filled. Any yeah. other public comment? Uh, yes, Brian Blair, the Park and Rec Board. I think we'll be, well, in the taxpayer interest, it should go to a town meeting because since this proposal was made, numbers have trained. The multi-purpose far outweighs the baseball. Kids, Adam Killingworth, those kids. What Ed is running, they're coming from regional. The network's going to have to watch kids from out of town play across from their, from their yard. You have the same <coughs> kids, All kids. Towns, from other sports, too. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It should go down there and, and go to a vote. He has the DNA. Anyone else? Yeah, J.D. Callahan.
town resident. Um, I think my concern to, to what you said, sir, is the uh, process. Um, I feel as a resident that it's very clear what you're designated for. It's designated for baseball, which is fine. Have someone to play both soccer and baseball. That's no problem. My concern is the process and the optics of it. Because when you start changing things without a town vote, it's not a good look. It wasn't a good look when I heard what's happening, so I wanted to come and pay attention. And I think more so in the spirit of what this town's all about, why I moved here, why I live here, why I choose to raise my kids here, is that we all work together and we try to do the best thing. Parks and Rec, excellent jobs, with nothing against them or anyone else in the room. It's a matter of... It's very bad optics when you try to change things, especially when it's tax it's going to a taxpayer approval. Um, so that's my feeling on it. Um, I'm sure everyone has the best intentions, but just from the sheer look of it, it feels us against them. And I don't think that's a good thing to have in the town. I don't think that's a good thing to have anywhere, uh, but certainly not where I live and where I choose to raise my kids. Um, I'm from the South, I moved up here, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than Killingworth. So that being said, I would hate to change things without due process, um, without everyone in agreement. Um, certainly don't want to lose the money. I know no one in this room does. But again, optics and feel of changing it without everyone agreeing and approving doesn't sit right. Okay, can I speak one more time? So in our, in our meeting when a bunch of you guys were on, Chris. oh, Chris, sorry. When a bunch of HKLL was on, our, they were on virtually with us. Glenn, and I can't, what's Glenn's last name? Johnson. Johnson, was kept on saying we're building a, a field with a baseball field in it. And you would ask, well, can we make it smaller? Can we do a small field there? Can we, and we kept on, he kept on reiterating, we did, we're trying to design something that we feel can fit in the budget. And that's, that's really all we're trying to get back to, is that this budget was driven 10 years ago when this grant was first written. And when Glenn, and, and Glenn was the one that, worked up at Eric Hourfield and put that together with um, with Eric Hour, and that half a million dollars just doesn't seem like it's going to work with all the things we have to do today. It's not saying that we don't want to get there and do a baseball field. We just don't know if we can get there. And the thing is, first, we have to get inside to get the money to conceptualize and do design build are designed for this field. And that's where people are trying to put like, and, and, and just take the original site, the concept plan, but we have to sign this to go out to an engineering firm to design this. And then we can work after that on, and then we can send it out to bid, and then we can see what we can do with, at, we can design it this way with add alternates, how much is fast, how much is getting the new well system, which we probably all agree needs a well or needs irrigation on our fields this year in our budget. We had issues at Sheldon because the pond went empty and we had to spend roughly $3,000 on redoing our irrigation system because the pond went dry because we had such a drought and we lost part of the fields. Does anyone else have anything to add? Because I want to summarize what I've heard. Um, anyone else? So in summary, I, I think we've come to a conclusion where we may have a path forward with a two-phase project. Um, I do know that 
there's a lot of passion on both sides. What I want to understand is that Park and Rec and, and all of these leads talk together on this. Yes, you're right. If we're going to make a change in the application, and we need to make sure taxpayers are aware of whether we go to a phase approach or not. So, but I also hear what Chris is saying. At some point, we need to move forward so that they can start getting their design work. So we have to work as the Board of Selectmen will decide what the order of process is here. But I think we have a path forward. I think we're close. It's just a matter of, of phasing it in. So with that, I'm going to move on to Selectmen's comments. Jamie? Um, one comment I'm going to make about the, the parks field, uh, a couple of you talked about the budget being insufficient to maintain the fields in town. So I don't know if that's something that um, you need to bring. We're in budget discussions right now. So this would be an ideal time if you need an increase um, to bring to us if there's something that we should consider. Okay. Um, so that's what, you know, we're in that process now. Um, and um, being a mother of three um, youngish boys, um, I appreciate all of you for being coaches and parents and um, managing and volunteering your time to coach kids to try to make sure there are fields to volunteer to create fields on the park. On our, you know, all of you that have been on this committee trying to do this work, it's Yeoman's job. It's um, there's been a lot of emotions on both sides of this. And um, a lot of really good people, a lot of smart people in this room. So I appreciate that you guys were all here tonight and trying to help us figure out what to do so we can help the fields for our kids. So thank you for all that you're doing. Um, I'm not, um, at the beginning of the meeting, there was a bunch of comments made. Um, I, first of all, would like to thank Mr. Aquinas for the work that you've done. I worked with your dad member on a, on the Charter Revision Commission last time around, and I think like him, you're a servant to the town, and we do appreciate all that you've done, and there was no notion that that was anything other than the fact. We do appreciate all that you've given to the town. Um, we were sorry to hear about your resignation, but um, thank you for all that you have done and that you'll continue to do on the River Cog, and I know we'll see you around town doing all kinds of other things because it's in your blood. Um, so thank you for your service. And um, that's all I have. Oh, I do want to say one other thing. The PL pulling that together and the materials with, you know, deep and deep age, I thought it was very well attended. There were, I, I, I want to say about 100 people in the room. 100 people in the room and yeah. 300 live streams. Yeah, and people were, um, you know, it was, it was clearly useful for a lot of, you know, a lot of um, folks came in from other towns. Um, and I don't know if anyone knew there was a one person who spoke up about water and animals. And so if anybody knows who that was, I think he followed you. Um, so it was um, Jerry Preston, or Jerry Graberic. He is a first, or not a first selectman. He's a selectman in Preston. I, I don't think that's a person. No, no, no. There was oh, somebody the other who spoke up that said he yeah. feeds water. He uses the water. The guy talking about the fish. Yes, he was the gentleman from. Um, he had to save the sandwich. Yeah, I just I know he lives in town, but if anybody comes up with his name, I just I just want to get him a couple of documents. <laughs> So if you have it, if you can follow it, you know, oh Anyway, I thought it was really well done. Um, it was a lot of helpful information. Couldn't have done it with DEP and DPH. They were helpful. Yeah, they were terrific. And the, the woman from the epidemiology effects, 
So thank you. No? I'm, I'm going to echo most of the things that, that Jamie shared, and I'll, I'll, I'll be brief, but I, I, I do want to um, make, make a couple of points. I mean, we're, really, we're really in a position where we have, we have an approved plan, but not advocating for a baseball field, advocating for an approved plan so that we can continue to evaluate what the, what the right thing is to do here. The other thing that and I'm laying that as the backdrop to get to the next point, which is which is one of the things that, that I would ask us to try and avoid. I know everything is driven by a budget, especially in a small town like, like ours, but I would be guarded against planning against the money that you have. And I know that sounds a little bit hokey because everything comes down to tax dollars, but um, if, if we're saying we're going to build a baseball field and we have $500,000, the two have to meet or we have an obligation to kind of make sure that it's clear what we're going to get and, and what we're not going to get. And I would encourage Park and Rec to, to not get yourself fenced in by, by the cost just yet. We're going to have to deal with that. Don't get me wrong. But find out what that baseball field is going to cost because that may help us drive the decision to put in a multi-purpose field but we need to know that information the same thing is true for field maintenance really if we've got these fields we need folks we're all volunteers but come forward with what it really takes to keep our fields it's important to us it's important for kids it's important to uh, the value of our precious real estate that we all own here in town it's important that we have that and then we can make some tough decisions whether or not we're going to continue to keep those fields up. I think we should have an important <coughs> asset to the town. Um, so just just be guarded against letting the budget drive. Um, again, that was a, a tremendous amount of information that was brought forward to those that did participate. One of the things that I emphasized in that meeting, and I'm going to emphasize it here again, is reach out to your representatives. Make your voice known as a taxpayer. Make your voice known as a, as a, as a uh, person that lives here in Killingworth. Because right now, all eyes are on Killingworth taking care of this little problem. And, and it's, it's not our problem. It's a much bigger problem than just Killingworth. And we need to make sure that those people that are representing us at the state level, at the federal level, hear our voices loud and clear. And I, I would just encourage folks to to make sure that that happens. And certainly the last piece, Richard, uh, I thank you for your, your fantastic work here in town. No disrespect intended, and, and I agree with what Jamie said, and I'm sure I speak for Nancy when I'm sure that we're gonna see you around continuing to do the, the same yeoman's work that you've always done. So thank you very much. All right, thank you. Well, my sincere condolences to the Clifton family on the loss of Mark. Not only was Mark a pillar in our community, um, he was a volunteer firefighter. He was an EMT, uh, a great loss to the town. So I certainly uh, want to, to wish the family our condolences. Richard, thank you for all you do, all you continue to do to serve this town. We're lucky to have you as well. Um, we'll sort out what we need to do there. I met with Jen Cavalora last week. Um, as she talked about, uh, she would like to meet with us regarding the budget, so I'm going to get her on the schedule once I have our, our dates firm. And then she would also like to come back on a quarterly basis to give us an update on what Youth and Family Services is doing. Um, I did speak with Richard McManus, building official in Durham. 
Uh, he is looking to retire and is also interested in the position here. So he's going to be meeting us on March 16th. If you're around, you're welcome to join us. Oh, it's going to be an evening. And then last week, I attended the first of several meetings to develop an RSD 17 district master plan. Um, they are requesting a town representative to attend monthly meetings. If either of you are interested, please let me know and I will forward you the information. The next meeting is March 16th at 530. Um, for those of you in the audience, uh, we need to go into executive session. So we'll adjourn afterwards. So thank you all for coming. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.